Holy Father in heaven, praise, honor, glory, and adoration be unto your name for your goodness and mercy which you have bestowed upon all of us. Lord in heaven, as spiritual things are spiritually discerned, we ask that as we go through your word, you grant us of your spirit. We know that the coming of the Lord draws nigh, and every moment we spend with you is so important. We pray, Father, that as we dwell together and fellowship with you in this devotion, that this moment shall be a defining moment in our lives where we will draw closer to the Lord and we will adopt your principles, your character in our lives. Please, Lord, put your words in my mouth, for I have nothing to say that will be of any benefit to anyone. Neither do I know how to put the words together to have any influence on anybody. Therefore, Lord, I pray, consecrate me to your service and help me, Lord, to speak words of life that we all may be blessed. I pray, Father, that we all also shall be given the gift of your spirit to understand and put into practice all that we will learn. Do this for us, dear Lord, and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage February 19 Nothing Too Precious By Faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Hebrews chapter 11 verse 17 to 19. God had called Abraham to be the father of the faithful and his life was to stand as an example of faith to succeeding generations. But his faith had not been perfect. He had shown distrust of God in concealing the fact that Sarah was his wife and again in his marriage with Hagar. That he might reach the highest standard, God subjected him to another test the closest which man was ever called to endure. The Lord spoke unto him, saying, Take now thy son, thine only son Isaac, whom thou lovest, and offer him for a burnt offering. The heart of the old man stood still with horror. The loss of such a son by disease would have been most heart-rending to the fond father. It would have bowed his whitened head with sorrow, but now he is commanded to shed the precious blood of that son with his own hand. It seemed to him a fearful impossibility, yet God had spoken, and his word must be obeyed. Abraham was stricken in years, but this did not excuse him from duty. He grasped the staff of faith and in dumb agony took by the hand his child, beautiful in the rosy health of youth, and went out to obey the word of God. Abraham did not stop to question how God's promises could be fulfilled if Isaac were slain. He did not stay to reason with his aching heart, but carried out the divine command to the very letter, till, just as the knife was about to be plunged into the quivering flesh of the child, the word came 
Lay not thine hand upon the lad. For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. This act of faith in Abraham is recorded for our benefit. It teaches the great lesson of confidence in the requirements of God, however close and cutting they may be. And it teaches children perfect submission to their parents and to God. By Abraham's obedience, we are taught that nothing is too precious for us to give to God. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is Nothing Too Precious. Our key text is taken from Hebrews chapter 11 verse 17 to 19, which says, By faith Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that had received the promises offered up his only begotten son, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. Abraham's life is indeed a life of faith like we read here in Hebrews 11 verse 17 to 19 by faith. If you look at uh, the life of Abraham as the account given in the book of Hebrews starting from uh, verse you can check even from verse maybe 16 back to 15 14 it always says by faith abraham did this by faith abraham did that making us understand that this man's life was a life of faith by faith abraham when he was called to leave his father's house what did he do he left how by faith by faith he dwelt in tents and boots by faith when he was told that he will give birth to a child abraham did not stagger at the promise and therefore has as god promised him innumerable children today as many as the stars in the heavens then also by faith when he was told to give up his son Isaac he did it he did not hesitate what is it that is this faith that Abraham had and how do we learn to exercise faith we want to look at the most remarkable experience in Abraham's life that showed his complete trust in God his loyalty to him and his perfect faith but before we get to that experience let us just explore other parts of abraham's life that are also highly remarkable evidences of his faith and many of us have not even been called to do the things that abraham did we look at his experience in giving up isaac as a very high experience but even before this experience there are other things Abraham did that when we consider them, we have to ask ourselves, am I able to do this? Now, in the book of Genesis chapter 16, when Abraham was conversing with the Lord, we see something there that Abraham did, reading from verse 1 to 16. Sarah came to meet him in verse 2. He says, Sarah said unto him, Behold now, the Lord has restrained me from bearing. I pray thee, go in unto my maid. It may be that I may obtain children by her. And Abraham hearkened to the voice of Sarah. And Sarai, Abraham's wife, took Hagar, her maid, the Egyptian, after Abraham had dwelt ten years in the land of Canaan, and gave her to her husband, Abraham, to be his wife. And he went in unto Hagar, and she conceived. And when she saw that she had conceived, her mistress was despised in her eyes. And we know the story. 
Hagar gave birth to Ishmael. Now the point I want to bring us up here is there came a time in Abraham's life where the Lord told him to give up this son Ishmael. It is not an easy thing for anyone to do today but Abraham did it. That is one issue that we need to look at as still a remarkable act of faith. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith means to hear what God says and do it and not consider consequences or thinking that the Lord is not able to perform what he said he would do when you do what he says you should do. Abraham did what God said he should do, trusting that the Lord will do his part. That was faith on Abraham's part. Another experience in Abraham's life is when God told him to circumcise himself. The Bible says in the book of Genesis 17 from verse 1, and when Abraham was 90 years old and nine, the Lord appeared to Abraham and said unto him, I am the almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Why do you think the Lord will be saying this? This is Genesis 17. In Genesis 16, when Abraham was fourscore and six years old, he had done something in taking Hagar to himself to be a wife. In that, Abraham manifested a lack of faith. His faith was not perfect. Now, God appears to him in Genesis 17 verse 1, telling him, Walk before me and be thou perfect. But this was not the only time Abraham had revealed a lack of perfection of his faith. When he went to Egypt and lied about his wife, saying it was his sister, he also revealed a lack of perfect faith. And here the Lord is telling him, Walk before me and be thou perfect. You need to scan your life and ask yourselves, are there times in my life where I have disobeyed God because I was trying to protect myself or because I was trying to get something that I thought I wouldn't get except by disobedience? The Lord is saying to you now, walk before me and be thou perfect. Genesis 17 verse 2 And I will make a, my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Now in verse 11, the Lord said, And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Every man-child in your generations, he that is born in the house, or, brought with, or bought with money of any stranger, which is not of thy seed, he that is born in thy house, and he that is bought with thy money, must needs be circumcised, and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Verse 15, And God said unto Abraham, As for Sarai thy wife, thou shalt not call her name Sarai, but Sarah shall be her name, and I will bless her, and give thee a son also of her. Yea, I will bless her, and she shall be a mother of nations, kings of people shall be of her. Then Abraham fell upon his face and laughed, and said in his heart, Shall a child be born unto him that is an hundred years old? And shall Sarah that is ninety years old bear? And Abraham said unto God, O oh, that Ishmael might live before thee. And God said, Sarah thy wife shall bear thee a son indeed. And thou shalt call his name Isaac, and I will establish my covenant with him for an everlasting covenant, and with his seed after him. And as for Ishmael, I have heard thee. Behold, I have blessed him, and will make him fruitful and will multiply him exceedingly. Twelve princes shall he beget, and I will make him a great nation. But my covenant will I establish with Isaac, which Sarah shall bear unto thee at this set time in the next year. So here is God trying to make Abraham understand that it is not by works. Were God to give, were God to give the blessing through Ishmael, 
Abraham's faith will not be made perfect because faith must come in total dependence on the word of God. Hagar was a woman who could give birth, while Sarah couldn't, and Abraham himself was already very old. He himself said he was dead. A man that is 100 years old, many people don't know that as men get older, it becomes very difficult for them to even uh, engage and be able to give birth to children. Abraham said himself he was weak and his wife Sarah was also weak. But the Lord wanted him to understand what true faith is and said Sarah will be the one and we will see the remarkable act of faith Abraham did. But before we go there, let us look at the issue of circumcision. Remember, Abraham is 99 years old, an old man. Now in verse 23, it says, And Abraham took Ishmael his son and all that were born in his house, all that were born in his house, and all that were bought with him, with his money, every male among the men of Abraham's house, and circumcised the flesh of their foreskin in the selfsame day, as God had said unto him. And Abraham was ninety years old and nine when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin, and Ishmael his son thirteen years old when he was circumcised in the flesh of his foreskin. Now the Bible emphasizes again in verse 26, in the selfsame day was Abraham circumcised and Ishmael his son, and all the men of his house born in the house and bought with money of the stranger were circumcised with him. Do you understand that this is a remarkable act of faith? Can you take a knife to cut your foreskin at the age of 99 years old, even now as you are? Many of us will shrink at this requirement and we will hesitate to do it, but immediately the Lord left off talking to Abraham quickly in that same day, he didn't just circumcise himself, but circumcised Ishmael and all the men that were born in his house. Talk about pure faith here. This is the faith of Abraham, quick to obey the word of God, regardless of how painful the requirement of God is. Do you not know that it would have been a very sore, painful experience for him to circumcise himself at such an old age? If he was younger, it would have been a lot easier. But as man gets older, he's weaker, prone to disease, prone to death. But Abraham did not consider these things. He did not stop to consider, how will I do this? Quickly, he did exactly what the Lord said, my brothers and sisters, this is faith. We need to learn to be quick to obey the word of God. Romans chapter 10 verse 16, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. What is faith? It is to hear God's word and do it. That is what faith is. It is no act of faith to disobey. It is act of faith to obey, trusting the Lord that he will take care of the consequences of the obedience and he will make the results of obedience to be good. Your mind might play a different picture. Your imagination may picture for you doom and gloom by obeying the Lord, but faith will press through the gloom and do what the Lord says regardless of the pain physically, regardless of the pain mentally, regardless of the separation. Whatever it is, the Lord, he who has faith will trust the Lord and do what the Lord says. These are other remarkable acts of faith. But the other one I'm still talking about is when Abraham gave birth to his son. He was 100 years old, 99 years old, we would say, and his wife, 90 years old. Their body was dead. It is an act of faith for him to have even attempted the act to give birth to a child. Romans 4, reading from verse 17 says, talking about Abraham, it says, 
as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations, before him whom will he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were, who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about an hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God, and being fully persuaded that what he had promised he was able to perform, and therefore it was imputed to him for righteousness. Amen. This act, when Abraham was hundred and his wife was ninety, there is no sense in him attempting to bring a child into life. His wife's womb was dead. She had already stopped getting her period for many years. So how was a child going to come except by faith? Abraham himself said he too was dead. He asked God the question. He knows his body. He knows himself and was telling God, I am already gone. There is nothing in this body that can produce a child. Sarah is also dead in her womb. There is nothing in her that can produce a child. Then what is it that will make Abraham to go and perform the act that will bring a child? Only faith in the word of God. Do you think Abraham trusted himself? No. Did Abraham trust Sarah's womb? No. This is faith. Not trusting in ourselves. Not trusting in our abilities. But trusting in the word that has spoken and been persuaded that he who has promised is faithful and he who is faithful will do what he has said. Abraham did what he needed to do. He, his faith showed through his works. He didn't just say, oh, I believe the Lord will give me a child and then Sarah's womb will just come out and then there will be a child in her womb. No, there was an act to perform and he performed the act in knowing his wife and then that child came. If he did not perform that act, the child will not come. But then, the knowledge that it was not from his strength that that child came is what the Lord wanted to teach Abraham. That it is not by the works of your hand that you can save yourself. Which takes us to the next part we want to look at. We have seen remarkable things in Abraham's life that shows his faith. Him leaving his family, his country, his kindred and separating from them. When he got to Canaan and he was there was nothing there, no food, and they were getting hungry. And he did not return to Babylon, but he remained there. That was an act of faith. And him also circumcising himself, an act of faith. Him even giving away Ishmael when the Lord said he should allow him to leave his house, that was an act of faith. Abraham also going to know his wife at the age of 100 years old and expecting a child because the Lord said he should do it. That was an act of faith and we have many lessons to learn. But... Abraham's faith was not perfect. In the history of Abraham's life, we see failures. When he went to Egypt, he lied concerning who his wife was. He said it was his sister. He did not trust God. His faith was not perfect. As we read in the first paragraph of our devotion, Conflict and Courage, page 56, paragraph 2, it says, God had called Abraham to be the father of the faithful. And his life was to stand as an example of faith to succeeding generations. But his faith had not been perfect. He had shown distrust of God in concealing the fact that Sarah was his wife. And again in his marriage with Hagar. That he might reach the highest standard, God subjected him to another test. The closest which man was ever called to endure. End of quote. Wow. 
the closest test that man has ever been called to endure. That means no person has been tested like this and perhaps no person will ever be tested the way Abraham was tested when he was required to slay his own son not by giving the son up for somebody else to do it but with his own hands his failure twice in the book of Genesis 20 he went to the land of the Philistines and there was a king there called Abimelech he was afraid again not trusting that God could protect him while maintaining the truth he felt that if I don't tell lies I will die he manifested the distrust of God again and he lied about Sarah that it was that she was his sister once again the Lord had looked at him and seen that Abraham was not walking perfectly before him and as I'm saying these things examine your life do you know that every time you disobey God it is an act of distrust towards God especially when we lie when we go out of our way to get what we want when we go against God's express word to do what we want to obtain what we want we show that we don't trust God's leading Abraham's faith in God was not perfect when he chose to lie about Sarah being his sister or being his wife and when he married Hagar giving birth to Ishmael he needed to be tested further that the trial of his faith being more precious than gold may work for him a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory Genesis 22 verse 1 to 4 and it came to pass after these things that God did tempt Abraham and said unto him Abraham and he said behold I am here and he said take now thy son thine only son Isaac whom thou lovest and get thee into the land of Moriah and offer him there for a bond offering upon one of the mountains which I will tell thee of and Abraham rose up early in the morning and saddled his ass and took two of his young men with him and Isaac his son and clave the wood for the burnt offering and rose up and went unto the place of which God had told him then on the third day Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off the seven and Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said my father and he said here am I my son and he said behold the fire and the wood but where is the lamb for a burnt offering and Abraham said my son God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering so they went both of them together and they came to the place which God had told him of and Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood and Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son wow let's just pause and think about that how was he going to do that to slay his own son took up the knife and son bound on the altar what mind did Abraham have to do this think about it can you we should be able to say yes and the Lord requires it of us too I'll tell you how the Lord expects all of us to slay our own son verse 11 and the angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said Abraham Abraham and he said here am I and he said lay not thine hand upon the lad neither do thou anything unto him 
For now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram, and offered him up for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah Jireh. And it is said to this day, In the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. Amen. Conflict and Courage, page 56, paragraph 4. Abraham did not stop to question how God's promises could be fulfilled if Isaac were slain. He did not stay to reason with his aching heart, but carried out the divine command to the very letter, till just as the knife was about to be plunged into the quivering flesh of the child, the word came, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, for now I know that thou fearest God, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son from me. Amen. What rejoicing must have been in heaven on this day! Man showed himself to have self-denial for Christ's sake. The sacrifice of God's dear Son was seen to not be for a people who are not willing to make equal sacrifices for him. Nothing too precious, not even Abraham's son, not even Abraham's life. When Abraham went to Egypt and to Philist the land of the Philistines, Abraham's life was too precious. But in comparison, there was something more precious than Abraham's life to himself, and that was Isaac's life. Before, when Abraham went to Egypt and to the land of the Philistines, Abraham protected his life by lying about Sarah's relationship with him. Now God took him a step further, a closer test, the closest a man can bear. There are many parents who would rather die than see their children die. Abraham was one of them. He was protecting his life before, and now the Lord took him a step further. Now, it is the life of your son I want, not even yours. It is not yours that is going, it is your son now. How hard it would have been for him as he contemplated the request from the Lord. But Abraham proved himself to be faithful, raising his hands up, ready to slay his son. And my imagination tries to picture what would have happened if the Lord hadn't said anything. There would have been a spilling of blood from the neck of Isaac and he would have seen his son shake. He would have seen his son jerking till he died. Abraham had already imagined these things in his head. How will I view this thing? It would have been easier if the Lord had said, give your son over to someone to slay. But asking this old man to do it by himself with his own hands, it was a close test. Abraham would willingly have said somebody else should do it. I don't have a problem with the sacrifice, but let someone else do it. But the Lord required it that you do it by yourself, Abraham. And Abraham trusted the Lord. What did Abraham trust? Our key text says in uh, Hebrews chapter 11, reading there from verse 17 and verse 19. It says, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead. That was what was in Abraham's mind. Abraham did not mistrust God but believed that even if he slew Isaac, that God knows how to fulfill the promise. This is what it means to hope against hope. Here is a son whom the Lord has said through him, that we had just read it earlier, God said that it is through Isaac that I'm going to establish my covenant. Yet the Lord is requiring the life of that same child. You gave a promise and now you are requiring another thing of me that is going to make it look like that promise is not going to be kept. 
how is Abraham going to do this? Obedience. Our obedience to the word of God is not going to stop God's promise from being fulfilled in our lives, brothers and sisters. Do what the Lord asks you to do. It may be as close and cutting as if we are taking our own lives from us or the most precious gift taken away from us. But if we love the Lord and we appreciate the sacrifice that Jesus has done on the cross for us, we will not consider anything too precious to give to the Lord. We also, like Abraham, we have had many failures in our lives. There have been times we have told lies to protect our lives, to protect our, to protect our jobs, to protect our own interests, to secure one thing or the other for ourselves. We have disobeyed God. Some of us have gone into adultery to get something that we needed. We have done things we shouldn't do. We have, we have gone against God's word. Some of us to get a wife or to get a husband. You did something you shouldn't have done. Some of us have been irreverent towards God. We've broken the Sabbath of the Lord and our faith has been shown not to be perfect because of these things that we did in order to get what we wanted. I tell you what's going to happen. The Lord will bring even greater tests to us. Early writings, page 46, reading paragraph 1 downward, it says, The Lord has shown me that His grace is sufficient for all our trials. And although they are greater than ever before, that is the trials are greater than ever before, yet if we trust wholly in God, we can overcome every temptation and through his grace come off victorious. If we overcome our trials and get victory over the temptations of Satan, then we endure the trial of our faith, which is more precious than gold and are stronger and better prepared to meet the next. But if we sink down and give way to the temptations of Satan, we shall grow weaker and get no reward for the trial and shall not be so well prepared for the next. In this way we shall grow weaker and weaker until we are led captive by Satan at his will. We must have on the whole armor of God and be ready at any moment for a conflict with the powers of darkness. When temptations and trials rush in upon us, let us go to God and agonize with Him in prayer. He will not turn us away empty, but will give us grace and strength to overcome and to break the power of the enemy. Oh, that all could see these things in their true light and endure hardness as good soldiers of Jesus. Then would Israel move forward, strong in God and in the power of His might. God has shown me that he gave his people a bitter cup to drink, to purify and cleanse them. It is a bitter draught, and they can make it still more bitter by murmuring, complaining, and repining. But those who receive it thus must have another draught, for the first does not have its designed effect upon the heart. And if the second does not effect the work that's the second trial, if it doesn't do the work God wants it to do, then they must have another and another until it does have its designed effect, or they will be left filthy, impure in heart. I'll continue the reading later. Here we are realizing every test and trial that the Lord brings to us when we fail. How do we fail God's tests? We fail God's tests by disobeying His commandments. That is how we fail. And every time we fail, we grow weaker and weaker. But guess what God does? God's grace is sufficient for us. So even though we are getting weaker, He sends in more tests and even more greater tests than the one we had before, understanding that if He doesn't send that test, we will not grow stronger. 
we need to understand that that trial that test that always comes to us will keep coming until we pass it abraham the first time went to canaan went and then there was famine he left he didn't go back to babylon he passed went into egypt the lord brought a test to him which was going to take he felt his life was going to be taken away he failed second time another test he didn't have a child he failed again in marrying um hagar and then gave birth to ishmael then third test he went to the land of the philistines he failed again by telling lies about his relationship with sarah the lord kept on bringing more tests who do you think was bringing this test to abraham it was the lord permitting the test to come because abraham was getting weaker by the failure he was getting the lord wanted abraham to perfect his faith and that was why he told him walk perfect before me and i will fulfill my covenant with you the lord is telling us today walk perfect before me don't tell lies to get what you want don't commit adultery to satisfy your flesh or to get something else that you want do not steal do not break my sabbath because you want something don't irreverence me don't do don't have other gods do not kill don't do things to please yourself just because you want to save your life and then i will establish my covenant with you the lord is telling us that but as we have been failing guess what god does he will bring the test again and again check your life that test that you failed the first time thinking that this is the only time i'm going to do it has the temptation not come again and even greater ones and if we don't pass it our faith will grow weaker and weaker continuing the reading it says i saw that this bitter cup can be sweetened by patience endurance and prayer and that it will have its design effect upon the hearts of those who thus receive it and god will be honored and glorified it is no small thing to be a christian and to be owned and approved of god the lord has shown me some who profess the present truth whose lives do not correspond with their profession they have the standard of piety altogether too low and they come far short of bible holiness some engage in vain and unbecoming conversation and others give way to the risings of self we must not expect to please ourselves live and act like the world have its pleasures and enjoy the company of those who are of the world and reign with christ in agony and reign with christ in glory we must be partakers of Christ's sufferings here if we would share in his glory hereafter. If we seek our own interests, how can we best please ourselves instead of seeking to please God and advance his precious suffering cause? We shall dishonor God and the holy cause we profess to love. We have but a little space of time left in which to work for God. Nothing should be too dear to sacrifice for the salvation of the scattered and torn flock of jesus those who make a covenant with god by sacrifice now will soon be gathered home to share our rich reward and possess the new kingdom forever and ever amen nothing too precious this is what the trial of our faith is about the lord wants to see is there something you are holding back that you consider too precious to give to the lord and that is why the trial keeps coming it keeps coming as we just read in these last few lines of early writings page 47 uh, it tells us there clearly there are things that we consider too precious to give to the lord we are not supposed to consider anything too precious we cannot have our own here and please ourselves on this earth and expect to reign with christ in glory if we are called to suffer for christ's sake let us not consider anything too precious to give to the lord 
Nothing should be too dear to sacrifice. There are times that the Lord needs or requires us to make decisions that will be like taking our own lives. In such times, we are tested to the utmost to see whether we are self-denying or whether we love the Lord enough to give Him all. Our decisions at such times are key. The Lord may ask us to give up things which in and of themselves are good. What will you do? How do you react? We are not to be more attached to the blessings of God than we are attached to God the giver of the blessing. Whatever the Lord asks, we are to trust that it is for our good that he asks and we are to render obedience. Abraham rendered his obedience to God and we also are to do the same thing. Some of us are in a relationship that needs to end, but we may be holding on to that relationship because it is too precious to us even when the Lord is requiring us to cut off from it. As God required Abraham to sacrifice his son, parents, the Lord is asking you the same, not that you, you are going to slay them. Are you training your children for God? If the Lord wants your child to be trained for his purpose and not for your own selfish purpose, what will you do? Will you give your child up? Many parents, the Lord is requiring you, sacrifice your son for me. And many of them are withholding their children from God. They would rather their children are the great men of the world than to be the man of God. They would rather have their children being uh, those who are rubbing shoulders with the big men of the world than to allow their children to be like John the Baptist. A man of God. I'm not talking of pastors who are just the popular evangelists of today. No, that's not what I'm talking about. I mean children who obey the Lord and are walking in light of his commandments. Many parents mock their children when their children are trying to sacrifice their lives for God. The parents don't want to slay their children for God. They won't even slay their own lives for God. Some parents would rather slay their own than their child's own. Oh, they will work for God but not their child. Their child is for money purposes. It's so that they can work in the big companies of the world and bring money, money for them. And then they can brag about the doctorate and the, 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 the masters that their child has and the fact that their child is a graduate in this and that and is studying this and that. And is, when they're asked and they feel proud about it, oh, they are not ready to sacrifice their children for God. The Lord is asking you the same thing he asked Abraham but in a different degree. Sacrifice your son. Your child, your only child, sacrifice your life, your own life for the Lord. Give your life over to God. It will look to you as if it is the most painful experience. But then if you cannot do it, how do you expect to benefit of the blessing of Jesus on the cross? You see, the, the, the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross is for only those who are willing to make equal sacrifice. And the Lord will test all of us. He's not going to be making sacrifices and then we, when we are required to make little, small sacrifices, not even to die on the cross, not even to use knife on yourself to circumcise yourself at 99 years old, not even to use your hand to slay your own son, not to send your child away from your house or to separate from your kindred, literally. God has not required anything from us like this. But many of us shrink at the requirements of God just to do the little things that God is asking, God is asking us to do. We shrink. We don't want to do it. We say, oh, it's too hard. In fact, some of us twist the word of God and say, no, you're taking it too far. The Lord is not requiring this from us. He's not expecting us to obey his law the way you are saying it. You're taking it to an extreme. Oh yeah, does it sound like an extreme to you? It is only because your heart is still attached to the things of this world. There's one lesson we should learn. If you are attached to anything, you will find it hard to worship God. You would 
worship that thing more than God, you will find it difficult to separate from that thing when God requires it. And the Lord is coming for that thing. Whatever it is you are attached to, the Lord is coming for it. He will require it of you because he wants to test you. Is it your job? He will come for that job. Is it your children? He will come for the child. Is it your own life? He will come for it to see whether there is something too precious that you are holding on to that is so dear to you that you cannot give it to him because he has given to us his greatest gift in his son all heaven was poured out for man in the sacrifice of jesus on the cross of calvary for our sins and will mortal man who has nothing to give hold on to his net what is the net going to do for you god is requiring you to give up those little things you have because he's giving us something even greater will you give it or will you withhold it Consider the sacrifice, the eternal sacrifice given to us, so that when the Lord is requiring you to give to him, do not hold it back. There should be nothing too precious for us to give to the Lord. We have but a little space of time left in which to work for God. Nothing should be too dear to sacrifice for the salvation of the scattered and torn flock of Jesus. Those who make a covenant with God by sacrifice, now will soon be gathered home to share a rich reward and possess the new kingdom forever and ever. Amen. But only for those who make a covenant by sacrifice. Have you sacrificed? What are you sacrificing for the Lord? The Lord has not even required us to do the things Abraham did. And we are shaking. And what if he requires it of us? Do you think that the Lord will spare you when there is the example of Abraham who made such great sacrifices a man like us and then when we are required to make even lesser sacrifices, we don't do it. And we are saying, thinking that heaven is for us. Heaven will not be for us, except we are willing to make sacrifices for the Lord when he requires it. Romans chapter 8 verse 32 tells us, He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? The Lord is willing to give us the grace to perform the things he asks us to do. If only we will take hold of that grace. It is left for us to appropriate the blessings of the Lord and make a covenant with him by sacrifice, not counting anything too precious to give to the Lord. Set your hearts. Whatever that thing is that you feel is too precious, examine yourself and ask, when the Lord requires me to give it to him, will I be ready? Make a decision now to be ready to give everything to the Lord. Let us pray. Holy Father in heaven, thank you for the blessings given to us in your words today. These words have been spoken in my own way and I just pray that your spirit shall make it to enter into the hearts of those who have listened, that it shall apply to us in the various ways that will be relevant to our personal lives. Help us, Lord, because there are sacrifices we need to make. We have been taken through our own trial and like Abraham, we have failed many times and then more trials are coming. Lord, we have read that the Lord has grace to give to us, even though we have gotten weaker by failure. We trust that when we take hold of your grace, we shall be strong. Tests will come to us, trials will come to us, that will require us to give up things that are so dear to us. Lord, please, may we not prove ourselves unfaithful, but rather may we show ourselves faithful to give an example to all those who watch us and to show ourselves worthy of your kingdom shed your love abroad in our hearts 
Help us, Lord, to appreciate what was done on the cross of Calvary for us, that it may not be a hard thing for us to reciprocate and make the sacrifices, little sacrifices you require of us. Do this for us, Lord, and take the glory. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.